fellowship as the choir comes down. I'm thankful. Verse 16, verse number 1 of the book of Exodus. The Bible says, And they took uh, their journey from Elam, and the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And the fifteenth day of the second month, after they departing out of the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel, verse number 3, said, Unto them would to God that we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to be full uh, to the full, uh, for ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now, no doubt, if you had your Bible at any point of time, you understand these three verses that we have pulled from this text. You can read farther to get a clear understanding of what's taking place here. But we are not many chapters from the crossing of the Red Sea, a miracle in God by its own making. I can imagine being here, and I can look at the children of Israel tonight. Brother Wayne, I can criticize, and I can say how in the world, or I can look at the disciples there after feeding of the 5,000 and getting into that boat and, the, and then being wondering, could God spare their life in the midst of that sea that night? But many of us do the exact same things in our life. We see a great victory only to be, only to be quickly removed from a problem in our life. God blesses us, or maybe God saves somebody on a Sunday morning and does something miraculous in their life as he did last Sunday. But by Wednesday, we've forgotten about that. We've forgotten about what God's done for us, and we're beginning to doubt, and we're beginning to wonder, can God help us in our life? That's exactly where the children of Israel are in this text tonight, Brother Adrian. They are forgetting the things that God had done. Now, it's easy to forget a birthday. I get nervous when Christy asks me, do I know what tomorrow is? I start thinking, anniversary is here, birthday's here, and this is here because it's easy for me to forget a phone number or a name or, or, or an event or what I'm supposed to do. I have to literally send myself emails on a daily basis to pick up somebody's car or I'm going to forget it or to do something. I've, I've got breathing down pat, but other than that, I forget a lot of things that I'm supposed to do. But how in the world, Brother Harold, could something as monumental as crossing the Red Sea be erased from their memory in so quick of a fashion? I mean, that night it wasn't a little creek. It wasn't something, a body of water that was the size of Dobbin's Mill Pond or something smaller, Brother Gary. But I think about God literally opening up that sea. And I would say he didn't just open it up. He done so in such a fashion and such a force that the ground was dry that they walked across. I mean, you could think about tonight if we drained the Atlantic Ocean and that would be a lot of draining, there'd be a big plug and some water going to a big place, but that ground is still going to be soft for many days to come. You asked Brother Agent about farming and, and raining. You say, Brother Brandon, it rained six inches last, yesterday, but I'm going to try to plant today. It's going to take a while for that ground to get solid enough that you can pull that tractor out on there. It doesn't just happen overnight. So not only did God split the Red Sea, and not only, Brother Wayne, did he do so in such a fashion that this whole multitude of hundreds of thousands of people could walk across, but he done so, and he also dried the ground. You read your Bible, the Bible said they walked across on dry ground. It doesn't say that they had to go in the muck and the mire, that they had to pull each other. It said they walked across on dry ground. And we're literally just a few pages from that text in our scriptures. They've been in bondage there in Egypt for many years. And you know the story, God has sent the plagues and of everything. And Miss Caitlin's favorite being the frogs and all the stuff that, that has happened. And they've seen God do. They've seen God deliver them. They've seen God. They've seen the enemy coming after them. And Jeremy tonight, they've seen God not only get them across, but then drown their enemy. But just a few chapters later, their minds have forgotten what God has done for them. And they're beginning to wonder why in the world they are where they are. I want to preach just for a second tonight, lightning quick on this thought, dealing with misleading memories. 
all of us deal with misleading memories. Brandon, what is a misleading memory? A memory that if you start thinking about it, you'll remember the things that were good, you'll remember the things that were easy, but you'll never remember the things that almost cost you your life. You'll never remember the bad. I begin to look at this tonight quickly, and just a few things that I've jotted down in my notes and took a picture of tonight, even on my phone, not even having a paper form here in front of me tonight. But I thought about this. This, this, this group of people tonight, they were so quick to forget what God had done for them. Can I tell you, a lot of times we'll get into a dry spell in our life so quickly in our, in our, our ministry and in our teen life, Miss Maddie. We often say that our youth group runs from July to December. We go to camp in July, and man, God does something special, done something special for this group this year. And I've seen them grow, and I've seen them do great things since then. But if I'm not careful, I mean, even as a youth pastor, about October, about September, we'll begin to become complacent again and, and lose that hunger. And we're barely making it, Miss Janet, till December when we load up and go to the coast, and God does it again for us there at the Winter Challenge. It may be so for an adult in this church tonight that it goes from revival meeting to revival meeting. We look back and say, man, I know when God did this when Brother Mark was here. I was here that night that all those children came forth and made the profession that they give Christ their Savior. I remember the messages, and I remember Brother Broyhill, and I remember Brother I remember Brother Gammon's preaching down there and what he said, he, the Family Life Center. He'd give us a hard time for that. I remember those meetings, but I don't exactly remember what messages were preached. I don't remember exactly what God done. But in that moment, God was doing great things. But how soon do we forget them? How soon do we see God do wonderful things for our family? Yet only a few weeks later to be doubting what God can do again. How many times has God put food? We were picking on Malachi earlier and how he eats, but how many times has God put food on our table only for us to complain about what we have to eat a few years later? What once was sufficient just for God to feed us has now got to be a full-course meal or we're not accepting it. My point is simply this tonight. If we're not careful, Satan and ourself, and more than likely it's mainly ourself, will start to think about, Brother John, things from days gone by, and we'll forget about what God's done for us to get us to where we are tonight. In Exodus chapter number 16, that's exactly what's happened. I want to bring a few truths to you tonight real quickly, and we'll close and go home. They said, would to God that we'd be back in Egypt. Would to God. They were basically saying, we wish we were back in bondage in Egypt where we could have some kind of security, where we could have some kind of food. Never, never mind that we were in bondage. Never mind that we were slaves. Never mind that our life was going nowhere. Never mind that we were never going to be able to fully enjoy life or fully enjoy what God has for us. Never, never mind what God has for us in the future. We just wish at this moment that we were back where God had us before. Why would they say that? i give you some truths about misleading memories tonight. I thought about this, Brother Nathan. They will remind you of the fun, but they'll never remind you of the famine. Now, I'm thankful I wasn't saved out of a great life of sin. I've dealt with sin for in my life, and I deal with it every day, and I'm not holier than anyone here. But many of us, and many of you by your own testimony, you remember what it was like to live in the muck and the mire of the world. You remember what it was like to live in a bottle. You remember what it was like to live on a pill. You remember what it was like to live in sinfulness. And I know who's here tonight. Most of you say, Brother Brandon, I grew up right here at this church. That's all that boy's ever known. That's all the other one's ever known. I'm thankful for that. But you think, Brother Brandon, looking back, there was some things in my life that, that I remember. I remember the friends, and I remember going places, and I remember what it seemed like, Brother James, at that time having fun. But I'm oftentimes, if I reflect back, or if I hear something, or I see someone about a game, or at a, at a basketball game, or a football game, or somewhere, it'll remind me of the fun we had 
but it'll never remind me of the famine in my life. And I've never been through a literal famine, but there has been times spiritually that I've been starving to death. There's been times that I've been miserable. There's been times that I've been running, and I'll also in time look back and say, remember, I remember when we done this. I remember when I done this. I remember when my life was here. I remember when every morning my schedule was here and when church wasn't a part of my life and how I had so much more time and my Wednesdays wasn't a rush and my Sundays wasn't a rush. It was just another day, and I remember all of that. If we're not careful, even while the preacher's preaching, We'll start going back in our mind and remembering the little bit of fun that we had. But Brother Harold will never remember the famine that was in our life. I don't ever want to look back and forget what God's done for me, but I think about how, how good my life's blessed right now, but I look back and see where I could have been, Brother Harold. What God could have what God what I could have missed in my life. I see these young people, I see Miss Maddie and Natalie and, and Kira and Hoyt and all these others coming up and realizing that I was one decision away. Brother DJ, of never meeting them in my life. You realize we're all one decision away as we sit there and hold our grandbabies or our children are here. I was one decision away of never meeting him. Miss Maddie, I was one decision away of never meeting you or never meeting Josiah. When you begin to think about that, all of a sudden those memories that seem so fun and those memories that seem so great and sometimes those, those old life things that we think about, we remember the fun, but we never remember the famine. Not only that, they will remind you of the protection, but never the prison. These people here in Exodus 16, they remember, man, it was good just to be able, it's kind of like going to prison. Sometimes at a hard day at work, you think, man, being in jail might not be that bad. They feed you three times a day, and you don't got to worry about nothing. I ain't got to fix no lunch boxes, Miss Christie. I ain't got to do nothing. I ain't got to worry about my husband. I ain't got to do nothing. Just go to jail. Otis, remember old Andy Griffith, that guy got locked up every night. He just went in there and shut his own door, had his own key, because that was where he slept. But that's no kind of life to live. But they began, Brother Wayne, to look back and they begin to think about the protection they had, the easiness, as it will. And in their mind, they're willing to trade all that they've got in freedom, all they've got in the, in the fortune and the future that they've got, just to be back to where life was comfortable. Can I tell you, if you want to be comfortable in your life, serving Christ may not be for you. Because there's going to be times it's going to be hard. There's going to be times, Brother James, that it's going to be tough to bear a testimony of Christ-like when the rest of the world is going to hell as fast as they can go you say, Brother Brown, I'm trying to fit in in my job. I'm trying to fit in in my life. I'm trying just to make it, to make ends meet. And I tell you, I don't ever want to let memories, I don't ever want to let misleading memories take me back to a place of comfort and, 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 and never remind me of the prison they were in. They were slaves. This may be a Bible study tonight, Brother Wayne, but it's pretty much black and white on paper. They were slaves to the people of Egypt. Whatever they said to do, Brother Harold, they had to do. And how can God spare their life? time and time again, lead them across the Red Sea, and then they're wishing maybe being in prison wasn't so bad. Nobody, Miss Janet, in their right mind would go back to prison. I don't remember anybody that's got out, maybe on good behavior or whatever, and they've got out of prison, and they've come outside of prison, and they've said, you know what, this is wonderful, but I believe I'll just go back in there and go back in that door and put their hands back out. No, because they finally got their life back. They finally got a chance to, 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 to do something with theirself. And there's nobody that's going to willingly walk back in and say, I'll just spend another 40 and 50 years here. At least I wouldn't hope so in their right mind. But these people, that's literally what they were doing. They were allowing misleading memories to lead them back to protection, but never remember the prison. Not only that, but they also, these misleading memories, they will remind you of the simplicity, but never the sacrifice. Brother Brandon, if I just go with the flow... It'll be much easier. You're right. It will be. We preach to our teenagers day in and day out. Jeremy, if you want to have an easy life, just follow everybody else. 
But the second you turn around and try to go upstream, Brother Garrett and them do fishing stuff often, and it's a whole lot easier to go kayaking down the river than it is to go kayaking up the river. In a previous life, before I was in the automotive industry, that's what we did. My grandpa, many of you know Richard, and thing we done ventilation, and, the, and the, the rule is simply this. The less friction and the less elbows and the less angles, the faster the air flows and the less restriction that it has. Brother James, you take an apple and stick it in your exhaust pipe tonight. I would not recommend that, but you're going to have problems in your, your flow. Why? Because restriction causes problems. Many people tonight, Brother Harold, in our churches, and I'm thankful it may not be like that here, but I promise you this, there have been many families, and if we're honest, I'm thankful for those coming in, but there's been many families that have left these church pews and have left our youth group just simply because living a Christian life will cause friction in your life, and it will cause things in your life that's not comfortable. They'll, more than likely, there'll be confrontation with people that you care about because they're going to wonder why in the world you do what you do. Why in the world do you go to church three times a week? Who in the world spends their weeknights at revival? Why would you go to a youth rally on a Saturday night? Because I can tell you, these memories and these thoughts that they're dealing with here in chapter number 16, they reminded them of the simplicity of life. Wake up, serve, eat some food, go to bed. Wake up, serve, eat some food, go to bed. But they never were taking into account the sacrifice that they had to give up the sacrifice for their family. I wrote down a few things tonight quickly. If you want to write these down, and we'll close in just a moment. Dealing with misleading memories out of Exodus chapter number 16. Misleading memories, first of all, will blind you. Brother Brandon, what do you mean by blind you? They will remove the reality only to replace it with empty reflection. They'll think of things, and you wonder sometimes, people, that you see people that, that, that live a life, and, and I deal with it often. And I've even called them out some on Wednesday nights. They're not here tonight, but I'd call them out tonight. I see some of these boys and the girls dating them, and I'm thinking of that girl, and I've even told the girls here, why are you dating him? And then boys don't appreciate that. But I'm thinking, man, he is lazy, and he ain't, he, he, he got to get his act together. And then girls are looking at me like, yes, and the boys are thinking, man, it took me 10 years to get her to say yes to dating me. Why are you killing my relationship? Can I tell you, a lot of times in our life, we, we, are, we, are, we are blinded from the reality of things that hurt you. People that we love every day that are sitting at home right now, Brother James, that need to be in church, and they're blinded by the things of the world. They're blinded, and they can't see what we see. They can't see what they're missing. They can't see heaven. They can't see hell. They can't see what they're doing is going to cost them their life. And us here on this side looking across, we're begging them, and we're saying, how in the world? It blows my mind, Brother Harold, that anybody would believe that they didn't need to be saved, or they didn't need Christ in their life, or Malachi, how in the world anybody would choose to live for the world instead of living for Christ? I just don't get it, but I'm on this side looking across, and on that side, everything looks wonderful because they're blinded. Misleading memories and things of the past and thoughts that we have, and if we're all honest tonight, it don't take about one song, Brother Adrian. One lyric of some song, one, one word of something, one friend to walk by, and those memories of the past, they flush into our mind, they rush into our mind. It could be at work, it could be anywhere. You think, man, I remember this kind of life. I remember the fun. I remember everything being easier, it seemed like, but if we're not careful, it'll blind us. They remove the reality, only replace it with empty reflection. Not only will they blind you, but secondly, misleading memories tonight, they'll bound you. They'll consume your thoughts. It'll be all you think about. If you're not careful tonight, sit with the brand, I'm married and I'm happily married, but if I'm not careful and if I don't have a relationship with my wife, and I wouldn't dare say this about anybody else, but I've got to be in constant check tonight to realize that she's the only lady in my life. Because it's so easy in the world that we're living in now for other people to take her place. 
But it's important for me to understand that it, it what consumes my thoughts. Well, then all of a sudden we'll start directing my feet. It'll start directing my hands. It'll start directing my mouth. It'll start directing my eyes. And before I know it, this, this, this memory of something gone by or this memory of something better or, or this memory of something that can take the place of what God's given me will ruin what God's given me. And the enemy has zero care of our life. You say, well, Brother Brandon, everybody here tonight is, is 65 and older. We've been married forever. And I get that. I'm just saying it can still happen. I mean, you could be 90 years old and, and, I don't know, go by the bingo parlor and see somebody that you say, man, I don't know, or, the, or then at Cornets. I don't know what it could be, but I just know this. I know that God made her for me just as much as I, God know, I know God made Brother Harold for Miss Nina. She may be doubting that sometimes, but I believe that, that they're going to work. I believe they're going to make it. I believe they're going to make it tonight. I don't know, but I, I believe they're going to make it. And, uh, you know, I, 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 it, there's many here that, that I strive for that. They, they, don't, they don't happen by accident, though. That don't happen by accident. More and more and more times there's families that's ruined and there's lives that's ruined all because we allow memories, misleading memories to, to bound us, to consume our thoughts, to take in and we look and we watch and we, we, we listen and all it is is that constant nagging, that constant thing going into our life and that constant pull that'll mess us up. They were bound. All they could think about is would to God. I mean, who would say that to the man of God in front of God's face? And the children of Israel said unto them, verse 3, would to God that we had died in the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Brother Harold, they're on the way to the promised land. They're on the way to what God has for them. And they're saying, would to God that we would die. What done that? Misleading memories will not only blind you, they'll bound you. Number three, quickly, they'll bury you. You realize where these people are headed is the promised land, but because of their unbelief and because of their unwillingness to serve God, they're going to be buried in this wilderness they're walking around in. They blew it, Brother Harold. They thought, man, listen, I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back. And finally, God said, enough's enough. If you don't have enough faith to trust me, if you don't have enough faith to walk, then you're going to die right where you are. And there's not one person, get this, there's not one person in this congregation that's going to walk into the land of Cana because of their unbelief. Now, their children may, but anyone living here at this time, they've, they've wasted that, that. That multitude of people, Brother Wayne, because of misleading memories, they're going to be buried right here. I'll tell you what Satan wants to happen is somewhat like being buried alive. I've never been, I, never, I don't even like getting laid down on the beach and getting covered up with sand. I'm afraid I'm going to get stuck. Could you imagine, Brother Seth, building a monument and gentry digging a hole and you willingly laying down in it tonight, Brother James, and allowing people to start kicking dirt in? That's going to bother me. It gets about three foot deep, and I'm, I'm in there, and I can't move my arms anymore, and my face is still there, and it's going to begin to become a concern in my life. But every day of our life, if we're not careful, and again, this is preventative maintenance, but if we're not careful, we'll allow this world and allow distant and misleading memories to bury us to the point that we can no longer get out. We're stuck. You ever walked off in a pond somewhere? Miss Maddie, you look like you're a big duck hunter. Maybe you're the one that's done this, but you walk off in a pond somewhere, and you sit down in your shoes, and all of a sudden, when you get to lift your foot up, what happens to your boot? It stays right where it is. I've got cell phones in ponds. I've got very valuable things in ponds and things that I've lost that Miss Christie has had to replace, and I've got scolded for it by the Adrian. But there's things in my life that I've got in without the intention of sticking that's stuck, and it's stuck, and I can't get it out. And I tell you tonight, there's people that's all around us that's hurting because they got involved in something. Brother Harold, I believe they want to get out. I believe they want to be in church. Brother Dalton, I believe that they really want to do better in their life. But these misleading memories in this life of the past has got them so consumed and so stuck that they can't get out. Brother Brandon, we need to be mindful of misleading memories 
They'll blind you. They'll bound you. They'll bury you. Not only that, they'll burn you. You say, Brother Brandon, what do you mean burning you? Maybe not burning you physically, but we've all heard the expression before of burning bridges. Things that we've come across that we could eventually have used to go back and forth, we've burnt that bridge. It could be with people. It could be with companies. It could be with whatever. Maybe I think about tonight, if you have a job, and I understand sometimes it's, it's different and every job's different, but if you come to me and you say, hey, listen, uh, at lunchtime today I'm quitting, and you leave me high and dry, don't expect me to hire you back the next time you need a job. Why? Because we burn a bridge. There's a right way to do something. There's a wrong way to do something. There's a right way to live. There's a wrong way to live. But if we're not careful in our life, we'll look back as a Christian. And I've seen people that's run, and, and you say, Brother Brandon, they didn't need the church. They don't need the church. I've got young people tonight, Brother Jeremy, that I preach to that's no longer in church, that I wish I had a 100% success rate, but it just didn't reality that is. And they've ran, and they've ran, and they've ran. And a lot of times behind them, they're dragging that flame, and they burnt those bridges never to return. I begin to think about the children of Israel here in this text, and eventually where, as I said a while ago, eventually where God wanted to lead them was no longer available. I believe with all my heart in chapter number 16, verse number 3, when they're murmuring and they're whining and they're complaining, they still had the promise of the promised land. They still had the availability to go into the land flowing with milk and honey. But over and over and over again, the constant remembrance, the constance of wanting to go back, the constant remembrance of Egypt and what Egypt was, it began to eat away and eat away and eat away till eventually that bridge was gone and now they're going to die in the wilderness can I remind you of this? Right now, there's finally a new bridge at Donahue. We're crossing it, and it's, it's big. You can't even see the water no more. I don't like that, but you can't even see over it. But eventually, I bet they're going to tear that old bridge down that's beside it. You say, Brother Brandon, I'm refusing to go across that new bridge. I didn't vote for that. Well, let me give you some advice. Eventually, I would not bear to the right when you go across that bridge because it will no longer be there unless you've got a lot of momentum and you're in an orange Dodge Charger with 01 beside it. But unless you're in that with Bo and Luke, it ain't going to happen. All right, eventually you're going to have to go the right way. Can I tell you, you can go that way all you want to go. You can pull out a K&G and without out there and then can say, I'm not going to cross that new bridge. They didn't buy the bolts from me. They didn't get the concrete from me. Nobody asked my opinion on the height. I can't see the water anymore. I just don't like it. Let me tell you, you may not like it, but we're going to have to use it. These people tonight, Brother James, very simply in this study, they are letting misleading memories rob them from the greatest thing they've ever experienced in their life. Looking back, Brother Wayne, Miss Caitlin, you come on and I'll close in just a second. Looking back at this, they went from being a slave and God said, I love you and I want something better for you. And he's given them the land flowing with milk and honey. There's a big difference in slavery and milk and honey. They didn't have milk and honey in Egypt. They didn't have freedom in Egypt, but they had it waiting for them. But they just could not get from the banks of the Red Sea, Brother Wayne, to entering into the land flowing milk and honey. They could see it, they heard about it, but they just couldn't get past those memories that was leading them back. So, our church is doing well tonight, and I'm thankful for that, but can I tell you this, it is so easy. It's okay every once in a while to testify and say, you know what the Lord brought me out of, but every once in a while, I just need to check up, Brother Adrian, it says, you know what, I remember what it was, but I'm not thinking about it. I remember those friends, Brother Robbie, but I'm not thinking about it. I remember that life. I remember the easiness. I remember just going with the flow, having no problems. I remember life seemed to be simpler, had more friends, had more acquaintances, had more avenues, had more comfort, and we'll start letting those memories blind us, bound us, bury us, burn us, until where we finally get to the point where you say, maybe I would like to go in, and that opportunity is no longer there.
Maybe I would like a better life, but that opportunity is no longer there. Can I encourage you, the greatest thing you can do for our church is not put money back there in that box, though that's needed. There's power bills, there's light bills, there's air conditioning bills, praise the Lord. All of these things are needed. But having a mind and a heart full of prayer, praying, God, would you please keep us moving forward, never looking back, never wandering, never allowing misleading memories to rob us. Brother Herod, I remember growing up and having a pretty good life. I remember playing sports. I remember great things. I remember even as Malachi said the other day, he said, one day I think I'm going to be in the NFL. I said, man, we better forget that real quickly. I'm not trying to crush his dreams, but I don't foresee that, Brother Adrian, in his future. Maybe, I don't know. But I will tell you this much. I remember having those ambitions and dreams. But I look at what God's given me within my life. And can I tell you, I love the Atlanta Braves, and I'd love to sit on the bench, and I'd, I'd settle for a million dollars a year. Just let me sit there. But Miss Nina, I wouldn't trade what God's given me right now to be the starting third baseman for the Atlanta Braves in the world. God's got me where he wants me. I do not want to allow memories and misleading thoughts to rob me of the joy. You want to live a happier life? You don't get anything else, get this. You want to live a happier life right now? Stop worrying about what you don't have. Start thanking God for what you do have. Stop worrying about what you don't have. Start thanking God for what you do have. God's been good to us. God's blessed us. God needs us. We need God tonight. If we stand with every head bowed and every eye closed, can I tell you tonight, I don't know who else is dealing with it. You may, nobody else may bother, bother, battle with mental things as much as I do, but can I tell you, there's a time or two that the, the old life, there's a time or two that easiness, there's a time or two that more time and more family time and more vacation and less camps and less traveling and different things, it may cross your mind. But if we don't quickly, quickly squash that thing, it'll rob us of our life. I bound and determined not to let misleading memories rob me of what God has in store for me. Lord, we thank you tonight. We love you. God, as Miss Caitlin's playing just for a second, I thank you, God, tonight, God, maybe for dealing with someone's heart. It may not be in an altar. God, it may be someone watching tonight online, and more than likely the majority of our congregation may be even watching online tonight. But I will tell you this. God, these children of Israel, it's easy for us to look at them and say, how in the world could they wish to be back as slaves instead of walking in the wilderness? But every one of us, every day of our life, we deal with that. We deal with the thoughts of the past. We deal with the temptation of Satan. We deal with the temptation of old lives, God, that seem to be so great, that seem to be so simple. God, that we're not willing to press forward and work for what you have for us in the future. I pray, God, for our church and our pastor. God, I'm thankful we're moving forward. I'm thankful, God, for no matter what happens. God, I don't want any casualties. I don't want any families that are stamped on or trampled on in the way, God, but I do want to move forward. God, I want our youth group to move forward. I want our church to move forward. And God, we're going to thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And we're going to praise you for doing that. Help guard our minds. God, help guard the enemy out. God, help us to learn to be thankful for what we have instead of looking back at what we've lost. I thank you, God, for doing this tonight. And we'll thank you and praise you. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 I appreciate Miss Caitlin being here. And I appreciate you minding the Lord tonight. And I hope it was a help to you today. And if it's not, you can tell me and I'll take it and uh, I'll go home. Hello, friends. This is Brian Poindexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church, located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. 
We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages. And our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service. And every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. You must understand that you are loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16 it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. And I say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. 
Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them. If you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sins. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here. And may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.